Christmas ain't got a lot to say On all the things we go through within the day Politics, dating, recipes, traveling And yep, of course, I'm the karaoke queen Hip-hop. I take no L's, I'm always booking flights This is my lovely lunatic Leo life Come on, get two steps in the room This is my lovely lunatic Leo life What's up, everybody? Welcome to another dope-ass week of my lovely Lunatic Leo Life podcast. And, you know, I'm just so happy this whole season. I've just had amazing guests, and I just... I mean, last season I had amazing guests too, don't get me wrong, but I'm just so excited. And today I got... I call him the mayor of Newark. (laughs) I'm sorry. Not sorry, Roz, but I got Starsky in the building! (laughs) You don't like the mayor of Newark? I'm not the mayor. You're not the mayor, but you are definitely, or the socialite of Newark, I should say. I'm, I'm a socialite. Yes. <laughs> so I got the, so, all right, let me redo, redo it. I got the socialite of Newark, New Jersey, Starsky in the building. Thank you so much for coming through. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. I was on his podcast not too, well, it was two, well, two years ago, 2020. Yeah, pre no, was it? Yeah. Oh, I shit. have you in my house during the pandemic. <laughs> true. <laughs> That's true. That's fresh when I was off the boat from fucking Thailand, I believe. Cause, oh, no. Yeah, yeah, because it was between yeah, that and the pandemic. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So he agreed to come on my show, and I appreciate it. And, you know, I'm all about um, promoting people and inspiring people with others' others' life stories. So that's why I wanted you to come on the show. Mm-hmm. I always... Never really knew exactly what you did for work. So in my head, he's like Tommy from Martin. Like, he always dapper as hell. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But I don't know if he... I know he got, like, you do your own thing. So I know you're not, like, just being a bum or nothing like that. But I'm always like, yo... You ain't got no job, Tommy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but he always looking fresh to death. And he's always at the spots to be at. Yeah. So that's what I want to get into. What do you do? Oh, I live for a living. Yeah, so I uh, I learned years ago to to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned that being an employee just was not for me, um, um, which doesn't mean that being an entrepreneur was easy. Of like, course, it easy. it's definitely not easy, y'all. Yeah. But my, my skills and talents and, and experience are in marketing and advertising. Okay. So I run a company where uh, we provide marketing services to clients. And I also, you know, published the New York Times and NewYorkTimes.com. So those are the two, two things that occupy my time and energy while okay. the sun is out. Wow. And at night, when the sun is down, what you be doing? Other things. <laughs> two other things. Two, oh, two other, specifically two other things. Does that mean you're sharing or is it private information? No, I'll leave that to the uh, listener to <laughs> whatever they want that to mean. Okay. Okay. Now I'm intrigued. Now I want to know. I am intrigued now. It's my mission to find out for y'all what it is that he does at nighttime. But, you know, as far as I want to get into the entrepreneurship, because, you know, a lot of people see, especially with social media nowadays, they don't show too much of the hard work that they put in through. They don't show the blood, sweat and tears. They just show the um, outcome of you working so hard for so many years what made you want to start your own business what made you leave corporate america so the story for me kind of starts 
long before I ever made the decision. Mm-hmm. Um, the story starts with being a kid and watching my parents work. So both of my parents were, you know, gainfully employed, and um, but neither one of my parents uh, were employed at a place that was suitable for their genius, their mm-hmm. gifts, you know, their um, their talent. Like <clears throat> my mom was better than her job, mm-hmm. and I knew it as a kid. So if I knew it, I knew that her boss knew it. Yeah, I knew that every other employee right. knew it, and. The problem was, none of that matters if my mom doesn't know it or if my mom doesn't uh, move by way of that knowledge. Wow. You know what I mean? And so, it was. It wasn't something that made me say I want to have my own business, but there was. It was a, a, a itch in me. There was something in me that like rubbed me the wrong way about that. Mm-hmm. And then it just materialized as I got older, and I had jobs, and some were you know, good paying jobs and, and, you know, they advanced my professional career and, and experience and background. Um, but everything has a ceiling unless it's your own. Right. Like you're never going to have a ceiling for your own thing that you don't create. Oh, I like that. But, but the moment you walk into somebody else's door, there's already a ceiling. Yeah. You know, so. That's so true. Yeah. So your parents were better than their jobs. For sure. Is that something that they did their whole lives, or did they finally realize that they're better? No, my parents worked until they retired. Mm. Yeah, and that's not what you wanted to do. I want to not need to retire. I okay. want to not need to go on vacation. I want to. I want to have such a. I want to have such control and balance in what I do, and I want to be doing a thing that I don't feel the need to escape from. Mm. So. Uh, yeah. Mm, I like it's that. just completely different. It's so very different, you know. So, what do your parents say to you now about <clears throat> how you're living your life and doing your own thing? You talking about while the sun is up or when the sun is down? While the sun is up, we gonna get to down. We gonna get to the sundown part. I got a way of bringing things out. No, I mean my parents have never. Um, I'm fortunate. My parents have never discouraged me ever from. Mm. What I was doing from the person that I am and was and, you know, was growing up as. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've never heard a, a discouraging word uh, from them in that regard. Um, That's what it is. Yeah, it's just... Me growing up, I mean, I, my father, my parents are always about schooling. Mm-hmm. My parents are African, y'all, so it's always about schooling. I was never a school person. Like, I hated school from the beginning of time to the end of time. Not that I hated it. It just wasn't for me. You know what I mean? And my father was smart in math and everything else. Mm -hmm. I was terrible in math. But reading and spelling, I'm excellent at. Even English, you Mm -hmm. know? But math wasn't my thing. My father used to sit at the kitchen table. I only remember this happening this one time. But I'm going to drag this shit out, okay? With my homework, with a belt. Like, it used to be a thing. Really? Yes. We were just talking about it the other day. Like, he used to laugh. I'm like, okay. At first, he didn't believe me when I remembered this shit. But I remember being <clears throat> at the kitchen table at night after he got off of work with the belt. Like, you're not going to sleep until we finish this. Right. And if you don't get this shit together, right. you're going to get your ass beat. Right. You know right. what I'm right. saying? Right. So, it's like, my parents, they were tough. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. when I realized that I wanted to do radio... My mother was always supportive of what I wanted to do. But my father was like, 
he for, he thought I was wasting my time. He's mm-hmm. like, if you're not getting paid, why should I listen to it? Mind you, I've been doing radio for almost 20 years and still never really got paid for it. Mm-hmm. I got paid to get to the studio. Maybe yeah, that's yeah. it. But I still never got paid for it. But I knew that was my passion. Mm-hmm. I know my voice is my power. So mm-hmm. I guess the little girl in me wants to make it big so I can show my dad. You see, I told you I knew what I had back yeah, then. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So I'm happy to s- that, you know, your parents never gave you a discouraging moment at all. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, you know, to compare stories, like, my father never went past eighth grade. Mm. My mom uh, dropped out of college, and her parents were educators. Mm. So I'm sure, like, by the time she had her kids, last thing she's going to do is put a lot of pressure on them to be, you know, academically excellent past whatever is necessary. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because, you know, that just wasn't... It wouldn't have made sense, you know, for them. Um, they wanted us to be sufficient, but my my childhood growing up, the the expectations or the pressure was more so on us, like as far as religion, okay, than you know academia or schoolwork. Got you. Mine was a little bit of religion. I mean, we went to church <clears throat> almost every Sunday. Mm-hmm. growing up but I was that's another I, I was the rebel of the family I guess you know the black sheep or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it but church wasn't my thing either like I would go fall asleep get told to wake up mm-hmm. and just sit there like yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah. but um one thing I will say that my father did he used to work at Black Enterprise he was okay. there for many many years he was VP of circulation wow. and that's the ones who sent out the subscriptions and stuff yeah. like that so he was that for many years and um they always had the entrepreneur conferences and Mm -hmm. so me and my he used to take me and my brother to the kidpreneur conferences it used to be in florida in orlando so we would go to those classes while he was doing his thing during the day and you would think because i was getting all this free knowledge about being an entrepreneur at a young age starting like at nine years old look at me now (laughs) i didn't take heed because i wasn't a class person you know what i'm saying sitting in class cold as hell in florida i was ready to eat the lunches they gave us get Mm -hmm. the free gifts Mm -hmm. meet new people from around the the united states you know that was my thing like i was always a social butterfly even when i was younger so classes wasn't for me but the fact that i got to meet new people and even black enterprise used to have the golf and tennis challenge Mm -hmm. I met Serena and Venus when they were young, like mm-hmm. when they were start, we had the beats in the hair, you know what I'm saying? So they taught the class. So I had a lot of experiences and I was brought up to a lot of people who do great things. Earl Graves was one of the people in my mm-hmm. lives back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, I didn't really take from it because it was in a class setting. If it was more hands-on, I feel like I would have been more like, more into it maybe. Okay. But again, my path might be different. It might have taken me some shit to go through before I get to where I'm at now. Yeah. You know? Plus, you never, like, it's in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's all in there. It's just a matter of what pulls it back out. Yeah. But it's there. Everything that you were taught is in there. It's true. You know what I mean? Even just the tone of it, what you were taught. Even, like, you weren't taught in those settings uh, to be a drone. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm sure some of that just shapes just your general outlook and personalities. Yes. I did get a lot from the class, you know, that I wanted to and stuff that I still remember to this day. Yeah. So, I can't say I didn't get nothing out of it. But right. I wasn't an entrepreneur. Like, I tried things. Like, I sold lemonade. I'm like, fuck this shit. It's not for me. Right. Right. <laughs> like, little things. You know what I'm saying? But now, 
Um, as far as an entrepreneur for me, what I'm trying to do is build my own brand. Yeah. You know, like my business is me. I'm yeah. the entrepreneur. I'm not selling product. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. Maybe just my voice is my product, I guess. You know? Um, so how was it to start a magazine, an online magazine? That doesn't sound easy. Um, it's not easy. It's easier than it would have been if it was 20 years earlier. True, true, so, true. Um, or five years earlier for that matter. Um, the thing about starting the New York Times was that it was, uh, it was at a time where after I had, I had contributed to this other like hyper local blog, um, and I was familiar with blogging from that space. I had my own blog at the time, but it wasn't a, a location specific blog. It was just a lifestyle and interest blog. Okay. So, uh, what I learned was like, I mean, A, it's the internet. Which means I'm not buying paper. Mm-hmm. I'm not buying ink. I'm not, you know, that the overhead is just not there. Yeah, you know what I mean. And um, what I learned from from my experience was the the most difficult part was um, because it's news media. The most difficult thing was I decided what we were going to be and what we weren't going to be at the beginning. Right. So we, the New York Times um, was not going to be a, a platform where you go to find out who got shot in New York. Right, no gossip. Who got robbed in Newark, any political scandal, like any, like those things we were shining away, not shining away, were not on the table. Okay. But that means that the good stories, the lifestyle interest stories, the, the good business stories, the education, all those stories, as much as, you know, there are things to talk about. A lot of the organizations and institutions were not very savvy in terms of media relations. Mm. So, me saying I want to help tell your story was like, oh, awesome, great. Uh, but it was either something that they had divested from, like as far as media relations and PR, or it was just something that when they would share a, a story or a press release or whatever, Excuse me. It was so elementary. Mm. It was like this might have been okay in 1990, <laughs> right? <laughs> New <laughs> age, but it ain't okay now. Yeah, you know, we need pictures, we need video, we need rich media, we need things. <clears throat> now, of course, right? Mm. But um, so that's been the, the struggles, like getting organizations and institutions to do more to tell their own story. And the thing that's funny about that is you might have helped them realize that they need to get it together for future reasons like this. Yeah. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like they didn't realize like, oh, shit, he, he got a point. We need to get this, this story ready so we could tell it to other people to get more people to come to us. Yeah. I mean, Nork is in a place and has been in a place for the past few years now where it's like there's a tension. It's one thing if this was, like, like I said, you know, 10 years ago or 10 years before we started. We started the North Times in 2014. We had done it in like, Wow, 2014? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> but had we tried to do this in 2004, there were a lot less eyes on North. There was a lot less interest on North. So uh, it was understandable that, pe- that organizations and people weren't as, um, weren't prioritizing storytelling. Right. But now, whether or not you want to tell your story, people are looking, people are listening, mm-hmm. people are paying attention. It would serve you to tell a good story. Yeah. If you already have people's attention. 
Yes. You know. I'm having ideas. Like, how can I get it onto your magazine? Wait, is it a magazine? What do you call it? It's not a magazine. I just call I call it a platform. Okay. I think. Okay. You know, I think a uh, magazine is a. There's no such thing as an online magazine nowadays. Anymore. Yeah. We only used to call it that because all we were used to was print magazines. True. And print newspapers. It's a new age now. You know what I mean? It's like. <laughs> I think what's the thing was really good about it, uh, Huffington Post, they were really good about um, identifying as a blog. They didn't call themselves an online newspaper. Oh, really? They called themselves a blog. Wow. A $10 million blog. Because I would have called them an online newspaper, but it makes sense that there would be a blog, though. I could yeah. see why. Yeah. So, uh, I call it a platform. Okay. Because in this day and age, it's like, depends on where you interact with the New York Times. Maybe you're more a social media person. Right. Maybe you are on the website. Maybe uh, it's at an, at an event that we're activating. So it's like all of these things are ultimately platforms. So right. it's called a platform. Well, congratulations on eight years, almost Thank ten you. years. Because I remember when it first came out. Yeah. Can we talk about some controversy? Sure. Wasn't there a little beef with Newark um, Times and somebody else was claiming it or the name of it or something like that? Yeah, there was this guy who he had a... He used to put, he used to sell T-shirts, and the T-shirts would say the New York Times on them, but it, in the in the font of the New York Times. Okay. Right. So when we decided to do the New York Times, we were brainstorming names. Like the the New York Times was not the first, second, or third name okay. that we were trying to do. The problem is, um, as far as online real estate is concerned, you have to be able to. Acquire the domain, right. the URL. You have to be able to use the social media, uh, the name on the social media platforms. So all the other names that we were trying were either already taken on social media or on the domain. Mm -hmm. The New York Times, the dot com, the Facebook, the Instagram, <clears> everything <throat> was available. Mm -hmm. So nobody was using nobody, including this guy, right. was using the New York Times as an entity. He was putting the name on some shirts. Right. And I don't know exactly why, but I will say this, and I don't really um, want to give it too much energy, but I'll say this. When we decided to go with the New York Times, he was the first person that I spoke to. Oh, good. Okay. Right. And ultimately, he wasn't feeling it, but um, by that point, it was just a courtesy. Like, right. Exactly. I, I'm like, not I'm not just letting you know. I'm not coming for you know, anything other than... A courtesy, because you will hear about this, mm -hmm. and because I knew the guy personally or directly, I'd rather him heard it from me. That was big of you, so, by the way. I'm I'm big. Oh yeah, that was big because people were just been like, "Fuck that, I'm gonna just do this." But the fact that you even gave him the courtesy, yeah, because like, none, you know, not for the, I get it. So, yeah, I get it. It's like anything else, you know. I didn't want, I didn't love my toys as much as a kid until I saw somebody else playing with them. <laughs> You know what I mean? So I, I get what it was, and, and that's all it was. Yeah. You know? But anything after that was just like, just a, a tantrum. Got you. But it was never like beef. Like, I don't, it was, it's not it's beef. Not beef. He okay. just didn't like what it, what it was, and, and I didn't give a fuck that he didn't like it. Right. Because you were actually taking it somewhere else. And was it, it wasn't the same um, font, was it? No. So it's just you. The, the, New York Times, That's you corny to me. Like, why yeah. would you, why would you use the same font as the New York Times? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So, 
I get it. It's like me starting up a, a, a site called My Lovely Lunatic Libra Lifestyle. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's clearly a direct <laughs> pull from you. I'm not trying to be, an, you know, an individual. I'm trying to be in your shadow. Right. And I wasn't trying to be in anybody's shadow, so. I get it. And you took the Newark, Newark Times and you catapulted that shit. You elevated that shit, okay? Thank you very much. <laughs> So, um, so, so congratulations to Thank having you. it going almost 10 years strong. So you also do photography, too. I do photography, yep. Okay. I'm a photographer. I used to... Photography, more than anything, for me, is just a, my creative outlet and mm-hmm. expression. It used to be poetry and spoken word, um, and now it's photography. Yeah. And it's just... Um, it's something like anything else. Like, it's something that I have monetized, but it's, it's not something that I do for the money. Okay. So, um, I charge because it costs. Mm-hmm. Right? But I don't charge everybody. Right. And if I call you and say I want to do a photo shoot with you, there is no charge. Mm-hmm. If you call me and say you want to do a photo shoot, there's a charge. Right. Yeah. But. Yeah, my friends are so dope. <clears throat> like. We, I call you my friend, but we don't hang out like that all the time. We but we, to. we don't have, right. Yeah. When we see each other, it's yeah. always love. Yeah. And I met him through one of my best friends, Kaylin, yeah. years ago, like years 2013 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I just automatically felt this pull towards you and Viviana too. Well, cause I was pulling you. We wanted that for and I was pulling you. <laughs> is that, does that bring us to the nighttime? Like, is this what you do at night? You pull, you pull people? Oh God, no, please don't. <laughs> Don't put that out there. No, that is not what I'm doing. <laughs> I was like, are they swingers <clears throat> on the low? You thought so? Or you wondered? I wondered. Yeah. I did. No. Okay. <laughs> I did wonder because all the people I see around are always beautiful people, dope vibes. I was like, yo, they they got a little thing going on over here. Like, That's it. I want to be part of it. No, not even not because of that, but because you're. Like I, I'll you're, you're pr- yeah, yeah, you're kind of flirtatious, and Viviana. Okay, I was I was being I'm nice. Flirtatious, and Viviana is alluring, and she's alluring exactly. Yeah. So that's that was really so why. Like, but oh, could bag it yeah, and I was like, they could get it, yeah, yeah, yeah. but whatever, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. We can talk about later. But I mean, I would have been down, but you yeah, know, yeah. that's so. That's what I was kind of like. Right. No offense or anything like no, that, no, but. <laughs> No, no That's what I was thinking, but um, you guys and Viviana too. She's a graphic designer. She's mm-hmm. doing her thing. Mm-hmm. I should have. Oh, damn. Graphic designer, web designer, calligrapher. Calligrapher. Oh my God, yeah. calligraphy. She's ill. Yes, you yeah. both are like a dynamic duo. Yeah, thank you. I love it. Yeah. This is this is what I'm I'm waiting for my counterpart. You guys are a dy- dynamic duo, and um, again, like I said, I'm so happy I've met you guys, yeah, and you too. guys are doing your thing. Me too. Thank you very much. Of course. Um, so now, like you were saying about what you do at night. <laughs> What'd you say? Eat dinner. Eat dinner. Oh, and you love to cook too. You always be. He's um. He always makes video. What do you call? Uh, I don't know what you call him. But he's always making videos of his food and how he's doing it. Like you do it in such a nice way. Make me wanna. But see, you do. I love fresh ingredients, yeah. so I'm not going to complain about that. But as far as like when you juicing, juicing is my only issue because I feel like I need so many fruits just to juice for a little bit. How? Um, well, it depends on the fruit. Right. Like I juiced a watermelon the other day. That's what I was thinking about, the watermelon. There's be a lot of juice. Yeah. Always. But it's and such a big ass thing. It seems like too much work. 
So, um, I juice... I primarily now juice pineapple and watermelon. Those are the two things I juice. Oh. I pretty much only juice those two things. Like I'm not into okay, kale. Okay, that's what I was like. Oh. Apples anymore. Like I juice. Sorry, three things: pineapples, watermelon, and ginger. Those mm. are the three things. Mix that. That's one drink. No. Oh, you separate. mix. So okay. Like I'll, I'll juice pineapple With juice. Put them in mason jars. Put some in an ice tray and make oh, nice. ice pineapple ice. I do the same with watermelon. Mm-hmm. Um, and ginger, I just juice it so I can always put some ginger in my tea. Okay. Or if I want to put it in the watermelon juice or the pineapple juice. I just, mm-hmm. just want to keep ginger in me all the time. Ginger is very good for you. Yeah. Very yeah. good for you. I just started chewing because I was feeling like I was getting sick the other, uh, like a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I just was chewing ginger like mm. three times a day. Yeah. And usually I have like a cycles when I'm about to get sick. I already mm-hmm. feel it. Like I feel some something then my yeah. throat is annoying me all day then i start to get sick mm-hmm. so i hate the throat part that's like my worst yeah, part yeah, yeah, yeah. so i was trying to beat that so i was just chewing ginger and just sucking all the juice mm-hmm. out of it and i was good the next day i was yeah. like oh shit yeah, i real. did it it's real food is really the medicine it is yeah. the good food ginger garlic even chewing garlic alone like yeah. um i had a nutritionist on my last episode i mean my last season she mm-hmm. came on and she was amazing giving good tips on stuff mm-hmm. to eat and what not to eat I do, since I had my gastric sleeve surgery, y'all already know, last year, September, has been mm-hmm. a year and a few days now. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, a year and a month now. But I just swore I was going to just be eating right and eating kale and fruiting and juicing right, and right, nothing. Right, right. But once I was able to get my shit together and eat again, yeah. I'm, I have not been juicing like I planned to. But when I see you juicing, that like gives me kind of motivation. Yeah, like, yeah, you know yeah. what, Adrian? You need to get your shit and get on this juicing thing. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So that's a good it's look. It's really good. It is. Watermelon juice is really delicious. It is. I've had it before. Watermelon juice is really So it's like, it's, it's easier to do if you're juicing things that are actually really delicious <sighs> and not doing it out of a I'd rather pay for it. But it gets expensive <clears throat> at some point. So it's better to do it yourself. Like, I. Yeah. <sighs> There's no excuse for my You know nonsense. what it is? Uh, also, like, just generally, I think, it's about just doing things that future you will not regret. Like, you don't necessarily have to juice a watermelon or, or, or juice anything necessarily. But, like, if it's between a smoothie or a store-bought mm-hmm. juice, fresh juice, and... Italian cheeseburger. I would choose the cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. And then I would regret it later. Like I'm an impulsive person. So I will say, you know what? I'm not having a cheeseburger tomorrow. I'm having my juice. And I'll juice, mm-hmm. I'll make my little smoothie. Yeah. And I'll walk past a sign or a billboard of a burger and be right. like, oh fuck. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then Keep I'm weak. <laughs> right. Then I'm weak. Like, you know what? Fuck it. I might as well just do right, it. You right, know? Right. So that's one thing I am working on. I mean, luckily I can't eat as much as I used to. Mm. My stomach is like a fist now, so I can't eat as much as I used to. But I've known people who have my surgery and they still get it a few years later because their stomach expanded because yeah. they were doing the bullshit. Yes. And I, that's not, I'm not trying to be that person because yeah. I don't ever want the surgery again. It was yeah. not easy to do. Mm-hmm. So there are times when I think my body is calling for certain things when like, if I have like, three grapes i'm like damn i need more grapes so then i'll buy a whole bunch of fruits and stuff mm-hmm. so i think my body is telling me like yo you need this stuff that you, you know mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so yeah. i'm 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 working on doing better with my eating habits and fruits and vegetables and stuff like that but i'm like a beef 
lover mm-hmm. and crab legs shellfish yeah. it's not that great for you no i think because of the <laughs> let me not stop giving <clears throat> false information no my parents used to try to scare me into things like this because i ate too much of it you eat too many eggs it's bad for cholesterol no so um shellfish is not too good because of all the iron or non-iron i don't know mm. but i'm you know what i'm saying so okay. certain things of course too much of one thing is not too good course, anyway so that's whatever but yeah. i'm trying to get it together I will get it together. Mm. Moving along to your nightly things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, are you gonna give us a hint? No, I was just—it was a joke. I, like I don't have a. Uh, I'm not. I, I'm not. Now I don't trust you. Move right together. Not a dancer or nowhere or was a gigolo or nothing like that. Okay. You know? All right. So I guess I'll move on past <clears throat> that. Can we talk about um, shrooms? Sure. Yes. Okay. Shrooms. So you were one of the, well, I did shrooms um, in college one time and I, I didn't feel. I should have. Sorry. I'll follow you back to your house now. <laughs> Don't play with me. <laughs> I will go home with you and get some shoes. But I, um, when I first started taking shrooms, mm-hmm. again, you know, with my ex mm-hmm. and we were doing it more of a recreational yeah. type of thing. And but at the same time, whenever I took shrooms, I always had these thoughts in my head. Like profound thoughts? Profound thoughts. Mm-hmm. So I knew it was something more to it. But I was like, the time that I was with my ex, you know, I was, I, I thought I was confident enough and I thought I was powerful enough and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I realized after me and him broke up that I wasn't really who I thought I was. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I walk around... I would wear whatever I want to wear. I'm a bubbly person. You know Mm -hmm. how I am. So people always thought I was like fully confident and 100% me, always happy. But it was like a facade. Mm -hmm. I was a little Mm -hmm. bit confident. I had a I don't give a fuck attitude, which I always had that attitude. But at the same time, it's like I gave a little bit of fucks, you know. Mm -hmm. And so after my surgery, I had healing to do. Mm -hmm. And me and him broke up because I was evolving. And he wasn't liking that. He was like, I don't like this new bitch you've become. And but I'm like, okay, well, then that means it's time for you to go. So we actually broke up. And I'm making it sound like it was easy, which it kind of wasn't as bad as I thought. I was sad for like a few weeks or whatever. And then I moved on because I realized I was wasting my time for that year. I was with him. Not even a year, 10 months. And so the time that I had through healing from September to December, I caught COVID in December. And I was in the hospital for like five days. Then I had pneumonia. I had COVID pneumonia. Then in January, I had pneumonia. And that was because I wasn't taking vitamins for my surgery. So I had a weak immune system. Right. So I had from September to January of just me time. Mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't going out. I was just keeping to myself and Mm -hmm. contemplating so much, not realizing I was going through like a spiritual evolving thing or mentally, spiritually. Yes. Mentally, spiritually, and physically. Yeah. You know? So, um, I used to want... You ever heard of ayahuasca? Yeah. Okay, so I was trying... Me and my ex-boyfriend at the time were trying to do ayahuasca. But every time... Well, no. We tried to do ayahuasca, but we didn't have people that we knew. The people that we knew were doing wachuma, which is a cactus plant. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, at the time, we were still trying to get to it. But every weekend that they had the uh, ceremony... Mm -hmm. 
I wasn't available. I had something going on. So it wasn't until after I broke up with him, I broke up with him. I had my surgery in September. I broke up with him in October. Mm. And then in February, the same people that I was trying to link up with last month, they're like, you know, we're having a ceremony. Are you free? And I was like, yes. Now I didn't realize that all the healing I was doing was leading me up to the moment mm. to go to my, my mm. retreat. So um i paid for the retreat i thought it was ayahuasca but when i got there they said it's yahe and yahe mm. is a different version of ayahuasca it's more of an older version of ayahuasca it's still a plant medicine okay. um so when i was at the cabin we were on sacred land so mm. they had rented a cabin it was 12 of us mm. but i had no reception so i couldn't look up what the hell yahe was so i was just like oh my god but i was still excited yeah. to all that so that was in march now so first of all january came i took some shrooms in january mm. Because I, I was writing a book about a memoir I was writing. So I was like, okay, New Year's Eve, I'm not going out. I'm going to take shrooms. I'm going to write my memoir. And I'm just going to, that's it. I I felt like I OD'd on shrooms. <laughs> you decided to write a memoir in one night off mushrooms? Off mushrooms. That was the plan? That was my plan. <laughs> okay. Okay. So... <laughs> Do you know when I started taking the shrooms, like within, first of all, now mind you, this is the first time I took shrooms since I had my surgery. Mm -hmm. So I, I, this was my plan. Watch my show for an hour till it kicks in, mm -hmm. turn it off, start writing. Within 20 minutes of watching my show, my eyes start feeling the shit. Mm -hmm. I was like, whoa, okay. Mm -hmm. So then I was like, all right, I can't watch the show. Let me turn it off and just sit here and just appreciate Ten minutes after that, I'm tripping now. Now I'm like, everything is moving. The trees. Now I have my apartment building. The windows are like this right here. Okay. So I could see the building across from me. And that whole building was like doing mm. all this. Mm. The trees was moving. So now I'm starting to freak out. I was like, wait a minute. I'm not writing anything today. I called my therapist. I called my therapist, y'all. And I was like, I don't know what's happening. And she sounded scared as hell. When I realized how scared she sounded, I was like, okay, this is the wrong person to call. So I was you like, no. You did yeah. Ooh. And and she was with her family at the time because oh. she seemed like she didn't know what to do. She mm. like texted me a, a help number to call. I was like, damn, it's not that serious. Yeah, but, yeah. So what I did was I was like, I decided to just go in the bed, close my eyes, and just let it, mm -hmm. just let it be. You know what I'm saying? And then that's when I started feeling the profound things I started feeling mm -hmm. before. That's the first time I hugged myself since my surgery, mm -hmm. and I was already 50 pounds lighter. Mm -hmm. So I was like, wow, yeah. I never did this. Then I'm feeling my face. My mm -hmm. face is smaller. So mm -hmm. it was like I turned the negative into a positive mm -hmm. of how I was feeling because I was starting to trip out yeah. so that was january and also for january i felt like it would be a different year you know every year we say new year new me no yeah, this year yeah. i felt i felt something different yeah. so i did the yahe ceremony and we did it it was for the weekend but we did it two nights in a row mm -hmm. the first night i did my yahe ceremony was more of a profound feeling of who i am as mm -hmm. far as my greatness and why I'm here on this earth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I started realizing like, you know, you keep downplaying your greatness. You know, you're extra, you know, you're a diva, you know, you just, your voice is your power. Mm -hmm. Stop trying to be like, you know, when people give you compliments, stop saying, well, you know, I need to fix this. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? It was like little things like that. Right. Um, so even with that, it was showing me the relationship I have with my mother, how to make mm -hmm. it better. Mm -hmm. You know, now when we take the tea, we take it in a ceremonious way. Mm -hmm. We pray, we have music, mm -hmm. chanting, everything like that. Everyone goes one by one to take the tea. Okay. And because of my surgery, it was hitting me quicker than everyone else okay. too. You know, some people took 45 minutes. It took me quick, mm -hmm. you know? 
So it was a lot of purging going on, mm -hmm. but that's when I was like, wow, that was deep. So when they said the next day, it's going to be more of a profound experience. I'm like, how is this going to top what happened last night? Right. Yo, Starsky. The next night, it took a little bit longer for mm -hmm. the tea to hit me. Okay. But, and now this is Yahe, not ayahuasca. Mm -hmm. Yahe, the next night, literally, literally woke my spirit up mm. because when I when they say stay up and then we start to feel it lay down. Mm -hmm. So I started to feel it. So I laid down and then I started taking like deep breaths that I never took before. Like to the point where like, I could control. Or no, no. Your body just, my body was just doing it. Yeah. And then it was to the point where my body now was moving. Like I was like. Yeah. And that inhale, it, sound, it was like a spirit waking up. Mm -hmm. And so I, I thought it was like my ancestor waking up in me. I didn't realize till later on what it was. So then now I'm hearing my lovely lunatic Leo life in my head over and over and repeat. And mm -hmm. I just see a figure. Now, Yahe has like a hallucinogen okay. in it. So I'm just seeing a figure like, like blowing life mm -hmm. into my lovely lunatic Leo life. And so I'm feeling the power and the, the spirit in me that was waking up felt like a warrior queen mm -hmm. from... Mm -hmm. 2010 BC or something, you know what I'm saying? Like it felt like powerful. And so that's why I thought it was the ancestor waking up mm -hmm. in me. And so I'm starting to see all these visions and I'm starting to show my power. Like you're not just who you think you are. You're mm -hmm. more than what you think you are. Mm -hmm. So that experience alone was like, wow, wow, mm -hmm. wow. So I felt amazing. I felt on top of the world, but then it's like a few months after that, it's like life starts coming and then I'm starting to be a human again. I'm like, maybe I've, thought all the shit in my head from what I felt from the medicine. Mm -hmm. So August, July was my 40th birthday. Um, I went to Zanzibar by myself for mm -hmm. my solo trip. And then August was ayahuasca. Now it's real okay. ayahuasca. So we did that for the weekend. <laughs> no offense, yeah, hey, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> no offense, but now it's, I, no, I did Wachuma with my mother in May. What's Wachuma? Wachuma is a cactus plant. A grandfather, it's a, called the grandfather plant medicine. It's a okay. cactus plant that's not as potent as ayahuasca, but it still brings you into certain levels within to your ancestors and you helps you. With your mom? With my mom, because my mom's that's been cool. trying to connect with me for so long. So like, cool. me, we don't have a great yeah, relationship. Yeah. So, she's heard Anthony Bourdain talk about ayahuasca. Okay. So, when she knew I was doing the first retreat, she was like, oh my God, I can't believe that. So, she after that, I told her what happened. She was like, I'm going to do it with you. And Ooh. But Wachuma was what was there. So, we both did it, but we didn't feel nothing from it. Like, we went with a bunch of people. We met beautiful people. We were in the Bear Mountains overnight. Yeah. It was rainy. It was cold. But we were all under a huge fire pit or whatever. Yeah. But we didn't feel anything. It was more like mm. meditating all night, pretty mm. much. You know? So she was like, I didn't feel nothing and blah, blah, blah. So now she wanted to do ayahuasca with me, but the price was too much. She couldn't afford mm -hmm. it, you know, and I couldn't afford both of us. Mm -hmm. So when I did ayahuasca now, it showed me that there's levels to this. When I did my yahe, brought me to the, per to mm -hmm. the point where I'm able to take ayahuasca. Mm -hmm. So when I took the ayahuasca now... The first night, because I forgot, not forgot, but I was doubting who the fuck I am. Mm -hmm. It was showing me like, no, you are who you are. Yeah. Oh, and one thing with um, Yahe, it started getting me into tarot reading. Yeah. I always was into tarot reading, but now it's like mm -hmm. I found on YouTube. Now I'm really into mm -hmm. tarot reading. So I, like, I was watching YouTube readers and all this. So sometimes I was like, I felt like they were talking to me. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But mind you, they're talking. This is general. So yeah. you're talking to thousands of people. But I felt like some of the messages from me. So the first night of ayahuasca... Some of my ancestors were like, 
we are talking to you through them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And even though I don't see my ancestors, I always feel sometimes, like, especially when I take shrooms, mm-hmm. I feel them around me. Once I started taking mm-hmm. shrooms after Yahe, is when I started feeling the reason why I'm supposed to be taking shrooms, not mm-hmm. for recreational. Mm-hmm. So I would take shrooms at night, and I would just sit in the dark, and I would just let the messages come to me. So <clears throat> I'm a stickler for words, right? And it's not a good thing. It's just is, mm-hmm. right? And when you say not for recreation, like, I think we have a, uh, I think we have a inaccurate view of, of recreation. Like okay. what recreation? Like we're taught recreation as schoolyard play. Right, right, right. That's right. recreation, right? Um, recreation is literally recreation. Oh, so recreation name like it that. Recreation is relaxed play that allows you to be in a space to be a creator. Oh, Again, you know okay. what I mean? Like it's not it's not uh, aimless play. You know what I mean? It's not useless play. It's not immature play. It's not foolishness. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And um, it's recreation is medicine. You know what I mean? Like recreation has gotten is is used in ways that make you think it's it's not medicine or profound or important or valuable. Like we hear about recreation in terms of schoolyard play right. and drug use or alcohol use. That's not prescribed by a doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like that is a just Western colonial thinking, and B, it's it's thinking that's not rooted in a whole person. Right. Is is thinking that's rooted in a person as a tool. Like students in school in Western in the Western world are tools. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. And so the, the language and the vocabulary around that is as a tool. Like, okay. So there is That's nothing wrong with recreational okay. mushrooms, recreational cannabis, recreational, like, there, it's not... It's not a bad thing. It's not like you're just fucking around. No. Okay, no. thank you for and, that, because that's what I felt like it was. And you need to fuck around. You also need to fuck around a little bit in life. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? You need to fuck around so that you know the difference between fucking around and being serious. You know? True that. True play that. Is, play is it's divine. Mm-hmm. Play is absolutely divine. Like, I remember, I forget, the guy, his name is Alan Watts. He had this talk, and, he, and he's dead. But he had this talk I was listening to one time. He was talking about play. He's like, life at its essence is play. It's like, whenever you hear somebody um, talk about being a musician, mm-hmm. music is played. Music is not immature. Music is not foolish. Music is not useless. Music is incredibly profound. Music is incredibly serious. Music is incredibly healing. Mm-hmm. But you only use the word play when you talk about what you do with music. You play songs. You play instruments. True. Like it is play. You know wow. what I mean? So like play is not a, it's not this bastardized thing that we kind of think of it as because of this Western society <laughs> and culture. Yeah, and fuckery. Like, <laughs> Like play is the shit. You're. Right. Oh, I'm glad you said that yeah. because that's that's very good to yeah. know. That's yeah. very good to know because when I say recreational, I don't mean it. But you're right; it does mean recreation. Mm-hmm. So that's that's good to know. And so, you know what? You got a lot of gems there. You got a lot of gems. 
Tommy got some gems for Tommy us, y'all. <laughs> no, but I appreciate that because that changed my whole view. Yeah. Or at least the way I say things now. Because I would always say, I don't do it recreational, but mm -hmm. recreation is not a bad thing. Yeah. I remember the first time I did mushrooms. Um, and the reason why I knew it was something I was going to do again. So, so when I first did it, uh, Vivi and I did it together. And the, the person that told us about it and that we got them from, she had done it with her boyfriend and they had like a very beautiful romantic experience off it. They were just, you know, cuddling and in each other's face and, you know, just so interacting with each other. Mm -hmm. And so that was the expectation that that's what mushrooms do. <laughs> not for you. <laughs> Not with and like Viviana <laughs> needs no mushrooms to be romantic, right? Like, that's what <laughs> so, but for me, the only effect that it had on me was I had this profound episode of laughter. Mm. Like I had the purest laugh I've ever had, and it sustained for like like a good five minutes. Wow! Like, like literal five minutes of laughter. Of something that wasn't all that funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it was like the laughing was so pure that it wasn't something that I felt I needed to resist or curtail. Mm -hmm. you know, it was like, okay, well, I'm laughing. And until I don't feel like laughing, I'm going to just keep laughing. And wow. I just kept laughing and kept laughing. And it was so pure and so beautiful. Um, and so it. it was like, oh, I, I, I get to tap into... A purity. Your inner child. That my inner child, in a way that nothing else I've ever experienced, you know, had done. Um, and then there, there have been like profound thoughts, mm -hmm. realizations, and conversations. And I think that uh, it kind of just attunes you to know that there is a place to access, like yes. mentally and emotionally. Like there is somewhere that you can and should be accessing mm -hmm. from time to time. It's there true. There is this profound place of what is, for me, the truth. The truth of me and the truth of the world. Mm -hmm. Like, like um, oh man, I had this, and, this, and imagination is like a, a big thing. Cause like, we talk, again, that's another thing. Like we talk about it in a way that kind of dilutes what it is. And like we talk about like with mushrooms, talk about tripping right right and it kind of is not really the best word or, or the connotation probably um, it's the white man who made that word you know yeah <laughs> but like uh not even oh i had this I, this is not even a mushroom thing i don't even know if i was i don't know if i had smoked bud or anything at this point for this but one day i was in the i just want to tell this story so mm -hmm. one day i was in the gym and I'm listening to, you know, uh, Lady Smith, Black Mambazo? Mm -mm. They're a... Uh, no judgment. Okay. <laughs> I don't be knowing. <laughs> I don't be knowing, y'all. Yeah. So there's this, there's this uh, vocal group, um, African vocal group, right? And there's like 20 of them. Oh, and damn. they sing in harmony. All men, they sing in harmony. Beautiful voices, beautiful sounds. They were doing like a lot of like, when The Lion King first came out, or certain songs that had like this African setting like mm -hmm. they would be the the group that was put on the soundtrack to sing a song. Okay. 
So I'm listening to them, and I don't know why I'm listening to them in the gym anyway, but I was, right? But I had this um, episode where, like, it was just my imagination, but I was willing to submit to my imagination. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm. And it was like of my ancestors. So the reason I work out for a couple of reasons, one of which is the exercise of self-discipline. Okay. Like, I do not want to work out ever. I hate it. Right? It's not I can't the thing tell. I want to be doing. The, I do not want to be out of breath at the top of a flight of stairs. Mm-hmm. I do not ever want to have to fight for my life and just not have it. Mm-hmm. Or defend a loved one and not have it. Right. Like, I want to I have it when I need it. So... That's the reason why I work out, right? But I'm in this, I'm in the gym, and the song is playing, and it's just these African voices, African, you know, lyrics and whatnot, and I have this episode, and I'm thinking about how, like, my ancestors are in the room. Like, I'm imagining them in the room with me, right? And I'm imagining them telling me, like, we're with you all the time, whether you see us or not whether you realize it or not, right? Mm -hmm. And in your life, in the things that are constant challenges, in the things that are frustrations, and in the things where you excel, like, we're with you. Mm -hmm. And it's the difference between playing basketball on a court, just playing ball, and playing basketball with the home team crowd Behind oh, hell yeah. Like it's a very different experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it's like so to know that that's what's happening. Wow. All I have to do is like open my eyes and turn around and they're there. And and it, it made me realize that like there is so much more um that we have the capability to see mm-hmm. and to achieve or do. It's just about what world are we seeing? Like, what are we seeing? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everybody's seeing a different thing. Mm-hmm. And for so much of, so many of us in so much of our lives, we're told what to see. And it's a very limited picture. Very limited. You know what I mean? Oh and my these God. things are never in the picture. You know, like, we're never taught to see our support. We're taught to pull ourselves up by a bootstrap. Right. Like, that's the, yes. message, that's the message that we're giving. Many, many people have your back. You know what I mean? And so, like, it was just so profound for me. And I, and I still, like, like I said, I hadn't done anything. I hadn't consumed any substance that, that day. But I still credit, like, the fact that I had done mushrooms and I had accessed that type of thinking before mm-hmm. that I was able to access it this time. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's dope because I always say whenever I take shrooms is when I connect with my ancestors. Mm. And even when I'm sitting in the dark, I literally feel things yeah. going past me. I'm yeah. hearing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. My cat, she always comes right next to me. Mm-hmm. She's with me and looking around. Like, yeah. it's when my ancestors are there. Yeah. One time, one of my friends was bringing me something, and I don't like to go outside around when I'm on shrooms. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Gotcha. So I had to go downstairs and go get it from her, and I just felt weird being outside. Mm-hmm. So when I was coming back inside in the elevator, I knew I was the only one in the elevator, but I felt surrounded, mm-hmm. surrounded to the point where even though I knew I was in there, I looked back like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that was the first time I was like, yo, yeah. 
Yeah. My people follow me everywhere I yep. go. That's when I feel them, and that's when I like they talk to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, so uh, when I did ayahuasca, now two nights in a row. Mm-hmm. The first night was profound. The second night, I was like, "How is it going to be the first night?" I okay. Initially, I had asked to speak to like I wanted to be able to connect with my ancestors without having to take shroom. So that was what one of my um, you know we had to write down mm-hmm. what we wanted and from to take from the ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. So the man who was administering the ayahuasca, he bought all these oracle decks, mm-hmm. and I was going through each, just pulling one card from each. Just like, what am I going to see from this mm-hmm. weekend? So one deck, the Lemuria oracle deck, had. Yo, this is crazy. It said, it said, um, I got to find it because mm-hmm. it blew my mind and I didn't realize it till later on, later on. Okay. So it said the merging with the divine was mm-hmm. what the card said. Okay. And in merging with the divine, it, you read what it, what it means, but then it also says all these other things, but this is the image of the card merging mm-hmm. with the divine, right? And so it's soul star chakra. Mm-hmm. I knew all the chakras, but I didn't know there was a soul star chakra, which is about mm-hmm. six inches above your head. Mm-hmm. So that was Friday night. I took it. So Saturday, when we went, when we did it this time, we did it outside. Mm-hmm. And so there was only six of us taking it and outside before I went to Now, another thing that happened is my intuition and my like, psychic abilities have gotten stronger sure. so the night on saturday night when we we're going to be outside i was like yo what would happen if when i take ayahuasca it like makes me like cut a catapult to the space like mm-hmm. just and my in my mind i'm like how am i gonna land like is it gonna drop me back on earth am i gonna die landing or is it gonna bring me back softly you know so that was the weird part so when i take my ayahuasca outside now mind you it was cold as hell it was summertime it was august mm-hmm. but we were in upstate new york okay. four hours away so and this the things that were happening in the sky on the way there like mm-hmm. everything was just i felt like we were entering mm-hmm. a portal of protection i saw an eagle fly across us mm-hmm. this the clouds was like turquoise purple it was oh no yeah. turquoise blue it yeah. was crazy so Saturday night we took it and I was like, what if I go to the stars or whatever? So when I finally take my ayahuasca, I know when it's starting to come because like black starts to come down mm-hmm. and I feel it like I purge a lot, mm-hmm. you know? So because I purge before everyone else, the people were telling me what they saw me doing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you that later. Mm-hmm. So when I go, I take my ayahuasca, I, I went to multi-dimensions. Mm-hmm. Like I was not on earth. Mm-hmm. The fr- it was like six different places. Some places felt home mm-hmm. and some places felt beneath me. Like mm-hmm. I felt honestly, honestly, not on some cocky shit. I felt like the daughter of the universe because mm-hmm. the way it was allowing me to just go to places wow. when I wanted to, when yeah. I wasn't ready. And I literally was seeing things. Yeah. I was literally hearing things yeah. like nothing. Yes. I wasn't around the people I was with just right. a few minutes ago. Right. So it's like I'm going to different planets and in some places i was a creature because i wasn't mm-hmm. i felt like i wasn't breathing so that was later on the next day no when i came home on sunday i forgot about the card i pulled and then i read what the card meant and it talked about multi-dimensions mm-hmm. and everything and it said like people always assume that you just have a human form right. i wanted to speak to my ancestors thinking only of my human ancestors not knowing that i connected mm-hmm. with other creatures that were my ancestors yes. You know what I'm saying? And it was like to the point where I was 
At one point, now, when this happens, you're kind of conscious of everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. You might not remember later on, but right. you're, unless you write it down. Right. So I'm conscious of what's going on. So I'm aware that I can't move my body. Mm-hmm. I'm aware that I'm hearing something and I'm too scared to look at what the sound I'm mm-hmm. hearing. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I'm, I'm trying to remember everything that's going on. At one point, I was hearing literal creature sounds. But being that it was so cold, I was freezing cold and mm-hmm. I was under the covers. And at some point, it was like I couldn't move my body. So it was mm-hmm. like I couldn't lift it to see where I was. Sometimes Grandmother Ayahuasca lifted my body up when I thought I I couldn't get up and this made me see things. You know what I'm saying? That image I showed you from the card was the second place I visited and it was like I saw those colors mm-hmm. and then I put my hand up and at the time I had my nails on and my nails were slowly growing mm-hmm. inside of that image. Mm-hmm. But it was like with white spider webs, spider webs mm-hmm. around it. You know what I'm saying? So it was showing me that, but it was also telling me that I'm very powerful. Yeah. More than what I thought, like not just a regular person. Yeah. Now I'm like thinking I'm an alien. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But the human experiences always bring us down to where you feel like maybe you imagine it because this is the transparency part I was going to talk about. I know I'm a dope person with a good heart, mm-hmm. good intentions, not evil mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. I've been struggling with the part of being single for most of my life, okay. but I always kind of knew like I can't be with just a regular person. It has to be a special mm-hmm. person because I'm not, a reg- I'm like, yeah. you know, like he got to match my fly, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I've always had issues with being in relationships or chasing after the wrong person because mm-hmm. I want it so bad. Mm-hmm. So lately, now that I'm 40, I've been feeling kind of down because I'm mm. ready to be with somebody and I do kind of want kids. I'm not sure yet, but I feel mm-hmm. like I'm almost at the point where I need to either have them now or just forget about it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So I've been kind of in a down place where just just two days ago, I was cursing out the universe and my ancestors mm-hmm. like, you know what? I'm tired of this shit. You guys keep doing this. Like, why am I here? And it's just frustration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just frustration to being single and dealing with fuckery. Dating yeah. is not easy nowadays. You know what I'm saying? So I was so, I felt almost broken because it's like, I know I'm such a good person, dope soul, and I'm not, and I'm above average human. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I am, not to be conceited, seriously, but a higher level spiritual being. Okay. But I'm still struggling with my human side. Mm -hmm. So it's like putting me between a rock and a hard place because Mm -hmm. it's like I know I'm this spiritual person, but am I really if I'm feeling this kind of way? Mm -hmm. Cursing out the universe who you Mm -hmm. like, you better careful, be careful, you know what I'm saying? So I've been going through this lately, and it's like I want to get to the point where I don't need mushrooms or ayahuasca to be able to get back to this. Because every time I do that, I feel so good, and I'm like, yo, I know I'm the shit. But okay. then I go through the events that lead me and bring me back down to my human self. Yeah. Why do you, why do you, what is it about needing ayahuasca or mushrooms that turns you off or that you want to get away from? I don't, because ayahuasca is expensive. Like if I, if I could, I would have done this shit every weekend, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, cause I feel like I'm getting closer to my spiritual side mm-hmm. and to my ancestors. So... I don't have anything against doing ayahuasca or shrooms, but I don't want to have to keep taking it in order to feel closer to my spiritual side or my ancestors. I hear you. Um, so pardon me for pardon me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mean this to. I don't mean to talk. I'm not talking down to you. Um, 
But hearing you say that makes me think about how uh, we view substances as uh, a thing that is outside of us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And there's also a school of thought that I am made up of the universe and the universe is made up of me and, and so literally there is nothing that's outside of me. Mm-hmm. Like it's just physically outside of my body. But it's not a other, there is no other. True. We're all just part of one big thing. You know, it's like the table and the chair. The room is the room. Like, like we're just things in the room. You know what I mean? And um, the use of like mushrooms, ayahuasca, meditation, like all of these things are tools for our um, greater awareness. You know what I mean? Um, it's like saying, I wish I didn't need music to dance. Mm. It's like, well, technically you don't, but <laughs> there is nothing wrong with music. Like, like, asking for a song when you're in the mood to dance. Right. You know, like, it is part of the thing, you know. And and because ayahuasca and mushrooms are things that you encountered later in life, it's like, it feels like they're not natural. Because, like, surely I was given all the natural things when I was a child. <laughs> and everything else is extracurricular. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, they're not extracurricular. Like, everything is natural. You know, there are some people who believe there is no such thing as unnatural. Mm-hmm. If it exists, it's natural. It's not, right. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But I say that to say, like, there is a, there is something to be said for not villainizing anything that is clearly beneficial and healthy. Yeah. Like, for your higher self. You know what I mean? So, like, not, not villainizing the use of mushrooms or ayahuasca or yahi to get you to a place. It's mm-hmm. like it's like villainizing the plane for getting you across the country. True. It's like, all right, I'm yeah, but I wish I could walk. <laughs> oh, well you can. <laughs> Technically you can, you but like can. don't be mad at right. me. Like, <laughs> you know I mean? Right, you right. Know, and like and everything is for your use. Like, everything is a tool for you to use. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, all of that stuff, so much of what we think is good, right, righteous, worthy, was given to us through a lens that is not universal. There's universal, and then there's everything else. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Light is universal, water is universal. Like, the fact that they know that, that water exists on other planets. Right. Like, <laughs> like oh, everybody okay. needs this shit. Water is universal. Light is universal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sound is universal. Like, we know that. Mm-hmm. So, it's really more so about, like, rewiring how we, the lens that we see things through. You know, or refining the lens or changing the lens that we see things. Because it's like. Yeah, I agree. You know, I, it's like, yeah, ayahuasca, fine. Every weekend if you need to. Okay. Like, like, it won't be a thing that you'll abuse. No. I've never heard of somebody abusing our Because you'll keep leveling up every time. And, or you'll get to a place where it doesn't have the same effect. It's not as profound. And you do need to, you, you will feel the need to, like, take more time in between. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's like tuning an instrument. It's like... 
But you know what? Honestly, after my ayahuasca experience, mm -hmm. I was so like, I was overwhelmed because I was overwhelmed by the power I realized I had mm -hmm. and the fact that I was in other dimensions, like mm -hmm. not of Earth. So when I was talking, when um, after the next day after the, we did ayahuasca, the group we sat down and we talked about what we experienced. Mm -hmm. You know, I couldn't wait. You know, my yeah, voice yeah, is my power, so I was like, I need to go first yeah, 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 yeah. because I needed to get it off my chest. So it was me like going through what was happening. But when I got home. I cried. Mm -hmm. I cried and cried because I was like, yo, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Am I bugging? Yeah. Or am I really worthy? Am I really this powerful? And it's not like I would use my power for anything bad. It's just showing me that it showed me pretty much that I'm like a starseed and my mission on earth, which, you know what, what I learned, what I always used to tell people is my purpose on earth is to live my life and explain it to people and show people so that they can find their own happiness. That's what I used mm -hmm. to tell people. Mm -hmm. I'm here to live my life so you can find your happiness watching me. But what I saw um, during ayahuasca is basically that, like, yeah. you're here to help people's souls find happiness. Yeah. You're here to let them know your experiences. Mm -hmm. This is why you go through the things that you feel is mm -hmm. too tough to deal with because you got to be strong enough to have the weight of not the weight, it sounds dramatic to say, but the weight of humanity on your shoulders. Mm -hmm. But that's not really the case. But it's just like, I'm here to help other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my purpose. Yeah. And that was showing me this is why I talk all the time. This is why I'm on the microphone. This is why I'm mm -hmm. supposed to be on the radio. Mm -hmm. To let people know my experiences so they can find their own happiness. Mm -hmm. Or to encourage them to find the happiness. Mm -hmm. Or to inspire them to find the happiness. Mm -hmm. You know, so even though it plays a small part... A lot of people here on this earth are here for certain reasons to help humanity. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so it just overwhelmed me with all the power that I realized that I have because yeah. I'm like, I'm not using it to my capabilities. I feel weak sometimes when I'm in my human form. And so yeah. that's the part that frustrates me because I know my power, mm -hmm. but then I act weak sometimes. So uh, two things about that. One, power. power uh, so I think of power as the ability to say yes, right? Whereas, for the most part, we're taught power as the ability to say no. Mm -hmm. Like, who's got power? The bouncer at the door. Because he can tell somebody no, right. you can't come in here. Well, his actual power is he can tell somebody, yes, you can come in here. You know what I mean? Like, true, that's his true, power. True. The yes is the power. And like with all of us, power is the ability to say yes. It's like it's like um, I don't talk to people who don't have the power to say yes. Mm. You know what I mean? If I'm doing business somewhere and I'm talking to somebody who can't say yes, I'm talking to the wrong person. Because mm -hmm. everybody can say no. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody has enough power to be like, no, you can't do that. But there's somebody who can say, yes, you can, and then everybody under them falls in line with that yes. Mm. So, like, that's what power is. Power is the ability to say yes. It's the ability to open the door. It's the ability to make opportunity available. That power is about the yes. Mm -hmm. Other thing is... Yes! Talk that shit, my brother. You are powerful. Like, and even in feeling weak, like... I remember somebody said this is like, you know, if you exercise in the gym, 
that's when you feel weak, when you're building strength. Mm. Nothing feels, nothing mm. makes me feel weaker than lifting weights. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like being, uh, or I just talked about um, in finances. It's like saving money makes you feel poor. Because <laughs> you, you, you can't. It's at the moment. Frivolous. You can't mm -hmm. spend. You can't, you know what I mean? But it's, it's building your financial health and power. Okay. So like it feels like the opposite. That's the proof that it's strength. It feels like weakness. That's a proof that it's power. It's not. It's not weakness. That makes me feel so you know, much like better. You wouldn't know what weakness felt like if you were just a weak person. Mm -hmm. You only. You can only that's know it you because know. you know what strength feels like. Right. You know what power feels like. Oh, that's so encouraging. That makes me feel so <laughs> much. Better. No, seriously. Like I feel so much better. Like where were you two days ago? Like I really was yelling at. The universe. Yeah, 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 yeah. I felt so weak and I felt ashamed that I felt this way. Like, I know my power, but why am I letting this affect me this way? But yeah. you're right. You're it's like because your eyes have been opened, because you know the capacity, because mm -hmm. you know the depth, you know the span, you know the possibility. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like in the, in the Bible talks about like Jesus, you know, in... The, the, the nights before he died, it was like, not that he cursed God, but he was like, you know, what the fuck? Uh -huh. <laughs> so we all have that moment. Yeah, like, yeah. yo, what the fuck, yo? Yeah. What the fuck you got me here yeah. for? Why? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, it's that. Yeah. So like, that's what I went through the other day. That's what it is. That's all it is. It's you crazy. know what it, how sweet and beautiful and broad and grand it can be. And, and whatever is in front of you is like, it ain't that. Mm -hmm. So what the fuck? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So we go through it. That helps me a lot. That really helped me. What do you think your purpose in life is? What are you here for? I like to ask my guests these questions because I realize my purpose. Uh, that's a good question. I'm not sure if I have a definitive answer for that. There's no definitive answer. I think I, well, you have one. Well, ayahuasca show me the way. <laughs> I think my purpose, uh, or, or a purpose, I, I could say, is to to be an expression of this recipe. This recipe being like how I was raised, the pains that I've felt, mm -hmm. the heartbreaks that I've felt, the victories that I've experienced, accomplishments that I've experienced, the power that I know that I have, the opinions that I have. Like, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that anything about me is right. Mm -hmm. I think all of it is right for me. Mm. So it's my responsibility and, and by extension my purpose to show up as that. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, there's like, whether it's being flirtatious, whether it's being generous, mm -hmm. whether it's being impatient, whether it's being imaginative and creative, whether it's being serious, like all of those things that I am, my purpose is to be that, to be truthfully me, you know, and, and just be this example. Like, I think you're an example. I think we're all an example of an expression of life. Right. So I think ultimately all of our responsibility and purpose is 
to be honest with ourselves. So I know this expression. Like I can learn from this if it's actually, if there's clarity and you're actually you, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Wow, that's big. Mm-hmm. That's big. It's be yourself. Yeah. Because as you evolve and change. Yeah. Evolving and changing, even though you might think you're flawed and everything, everyone is flawed. But the flaw is actually... I don't think so. You don't think everyone is flawed? Why not? Flawed based on what, though? That's a good question. I guess on society, what society thinks is flawed. Like, how I feel I'm flawed with my human emotion side and... Damn. Good question. So... There's another thing that was, I, I got into the habit of taking law, and I don't want to kill time, I know. That's okay. We got to move on. But uh, I got into the habit of taking long, hot, 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 hot baths, right? And more so for sweating. Okay. Right, like just as this like lymphatic thing, like sweat out, you know, for the sake of my skin, just mm-hmm. sweat. And one day I was in the tub and I had this realization. Like I was thinking about, like, why do I procrastinate? Like, oh, what is the source reason? Because it's not about how I feel about that thing, mm-hmm. that task. Because, like, why do I procrastinate as a habit? Like, why do I do that? And I arrived at the idea that I, I was taught from the very beginning that at my core, like the core of who I am and the core of who everybody is, I am an imperfect center. Mm-hmm. Like that idea was ingrained in me. And so I had the, that view of myself. And so as an imperfect center, that means that I am innately unworthy of not just perfection, but of grandness. Mm. Like being subpar is built in and baked in to humans. Yeah. Right? So we talk about like, you know, I'm only human. That's kind of the thing we're talking about when we say things like that, right? And I don't know that to be true. I know that I was a, that's an idea that I was taught. Right. But I don't know that that's actually true. And I also don't know that there's anything else. Like, like, <clears throat> so, I decided to abandon the idea. Like, that, that's not true mm-hmm. for me or anybody else. I'm not an imperfect sinner at the core. I'm perfect at the core. I'm perfect and bespoke. Mm. I'm perfect and I am a one of one. And when I make a mistake, that's a perfect thing for somebody else to learn a lesson. Right. And for me to learn a lesson. So, like, everything is perfect. Like, perfect doesn't mean without pain. It doesn't mean without struggle. It doesn't mean, um, it doesn't mean that you achieve everything you want to achieve. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, perfect is, does it have divine value? Mm-hmm. And my fuck-ups have divine value. They sure do. It shapes like, us. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like some of the some of the things that I have as strengths and convictions are because of examples that I saw that were weaknesses and mm-hmm. you know 
uncertainties or what have you. It's like if I saw my parents fuck up and I decided in response I'm gonna be the opposite of that, then that thing was perfect. Right. Like mm -hmm. how could I call it not perfect? Like it did the thing. Perfect is the thing that does a task. Right. A hammer is perfect if you're trying to drive a nail in. Nobody considers a hammer a perfect thing though. Mm -hmm. But it is. So as far as the use of it, it's like it's, as far as the use of what I'm doing and what I'm being and everything else and what it's doing is being Everything is perfect, including me, including you. Mm. Including y'all, too. Including you. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That was good. Thank you for that. You're welcome. We need to Thank hear you. that. We need to hear that. Well, on that note, you done wrapped up the end of the show. That was pretty profound. That was amazing. Great conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, oh, thank you for coming on the show. It was a great conversation. Yeah. And it was almost oh. therapeutic because... The last few days have been tough for me, so I'm glad I, this is the first time I spoke about it. It's my pleasure. Yes, y'all. So we are wrapping up season three, y'all. We only have a few more episodes left. Okay. I gotta first. Hold on. <laughs> I mean, I've been holding it, but I was like, I'm waiting for the good time. But now I know what I'm about to say, so I won't forget it. Hold on. <laughs> Don't pick me up. This is fucking alcohol. Let me see why. Oh, I'm doing it.